0: Welcome to Insights into Success where with your host Paul Dodds we hope to educate, inspire and motivate you to achieve your own personal success. We talk to guests from all around the world from a variety of walks of life to hear the realities of their own journey to success. What challenges have they faced, how they cope with failure and what have been the keys or will be the keys to their own success. In our Read to Succeed interviews we talk books that have inspired our guests and for some. As share these efforts to marketing success. Join us as we give you insights into success. All right. Well, welcome to Insights into Success. Today, we've got a special guest, uh, Brendan, from Master Talk. I'm not going to say what exactly it is he does. I'm going to let him do that. So, Brendan, I want you to take it away and tell us, what exactly is your expertise?
1: Of course, Paul. Thanks so much for having me on. So yeah, absolutely. So I'm a communication expert. I started a YouTube channel called Master Talk a few years ago. And the mission is, I believe the next Elon Musk is a seven-year-old girl who can't afford me. So my mission is to make every single human being exceptional communicators. And then outside of that, I also run a public speaking coaching practice where I train executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industries.
0: Okay. So then the immediate question I have to ask is, how did this all come about? Tell, it, tell us a bit of your backstory.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. So when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing rugby or cricket or footy or some other sport. I wasn't really one of those types of guys. What I did instead is I did presentations competitively. So between the ages of 19 and 22, I probably presented a few hundred times. And I also coached, 50 to 100 students on how to speak really well. And I never meant to like start a YouTube channel or build a business. The goal was really to work as a consultant or in a nice corporate job, which is what I did for a few years at IBM. But before I started working there, I had the idea for MasterTalk because I realized a lot of the stuff that I was coaching students on wasn't available for free in the market because a lot of the advice you hear in the free category is, Oh, Paul, you should jump up and down and speak. You should uh, be yourself. And I said, this generalization isn't going to help anyone. So I started making videos and then it turned into what it is today.
0: So what was it that you enjoyed about doing these presentations? Because like you kind of hinted at, you know, most people, you know, would be out maybe playing sports and doing stuff like that. And you're doing presentations. So, So what was it that really resonated with you that compelled you to want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So to be honest, it was
1: really out of obligation. So the the reason why most of us compete in case competitions, even if that's an optional activity in university, is because people who do cases tend to get the best jobs out of corporate. So I'll give you some context to help us understand this better. One of the biggest, actually, the world's most prestigious case competition is in New Zealand. It's called Champions Trophy, and it's hosted in Auckland. And all the best universities across the world, pre-COVID, of course, would fly out to New Zealand to to compete in champions. And, And the reason we did these competitions was because a lot of the top executives from across the world would be judges and sponsor these competitions so they could pick the best students and recruit them into their companies before anyone else. Think of it like talent spotting in sports but in in the business world. So one of the cases that was done at Champions Trophy a few years ago in New Zealand was Uber. But Uber, it wasn't just some teacher sitting there in the judging panel. You had most of the C-suite executives at Uber sitting down there and picking out the best students to give job offers to. So that was the reason why we did them. just turned into an obsession later on.
0: (laughs) So the thing i wonder about though is like the average person really wouldn't feel that that's an area that they particularly need to worry about you know the average person going you know maybe going to university maybe not they come out into the workplace kind of don't really feel like they need to worry about upskilling themselves on their public speaking so what would you say to people like that
1: yeah i would say that if your goal is to be a high achiever you wanna be an executive at a company, a CEO, a
0: president,
1: a thought leader, a speaker, or really achieve excellence in any area of life. I would—I always argue that even if you're a good communicator, being exceptional is the only way forward. And the reason is because at the top of any career of any field, most of that job is people management. If you're the CEO of a company, you're not really doing much uh, at deliverables you're coaching other people, you're teaching other people. If you're a top speaker like Tony Robbins, you're speaking, you're engaging, you're sharing ideas. So even if you're an above average communicator, I always argue that you get promoted on EQ, you get clients on EQ, emotional intelligence, and you move forward, you build a network, you build relationships through EQ. So that's what I would say is I would argue that communication is the most valuable tool out of any skill set. That you could ever develop in your life, and Warren Buffett seems to
0: agree as well. Okay, well, if Warren Buffett agrees, and that's always a good sign, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, from your point of view, what do you consider are the key benefits of being able to master public uh, public speaking?
1: Of course, so there's so many, but let me simmer it down to three main ones. I would say the biggest one is you'll stand up from your industry. What I always tell my clients or on podcasts is, if you communicate only twenty percent better than anyone else in your industry, you will stand out 100% of the time. So let me repeat that again. If you communicate just 20% better than anyone in your industry, you will stand out 100% of the time. What does that mean? If you're already working in a company and they're deciding between three people for their next promotion, the person who generally communicates the best gets the promotion if they have the same skill set as everyone else on the selection team. But if you're getting interviewed for a potential role at a company, and you all have the same CV, it's the person that's able to articulate their value and is able to really demonstrate why they're a good fit for the role and also the culture that ends up getting picked. It has not really to do with the accomplishments on your CV. It's how you present those accomplishments and how you package them. That's the first one is it gives you an edge in anything you end up doing in life. The second key advantage to communication is it applies to everything, not just the boardroom. Communication is everything we do, Paul, and I'm sure you know this, right? It's it's the way that you talk to your significant others, the way you talk to your children, it's the way you talk to the people around you, your family, and your best friends. So the better you are at communication, the less conflict you have. And that's why I'm able to live with my mom, my sister, and my 89-year-old grandfather. And there's no yelling in the house because I'm (laughs) a great communicator. I'm able to engage. I'm able to listen. So it helps you in all areas of life. And the third main benefit to communication is it allows you to amplify your ideas. If you're a business owner, if you're someone who has a great idea, communication is what allows you to scale it. Think about this podcast. If I was talking like this, Hi everyone, my name is Brendan, I'm the founder of Mass. No one wants to listen to me. No one wants to look (laughs) at the ideas. No one wants to follow my YouTube channel or take the action that I want them to take. And that's also true. People are listening. Communication allows you to take that idea you have and share it with millions of people around the world.
0: Yeah, and, and so often we, we see examples where problems arise because of poor communication. Absolutely. So, okay, so what you're saying, though, is that you could have two people and their CVs could look quite similar to one another. One could actually be more capable than the other in terms of maybe execution, but the other one's more skilled in their, their communication, their public speaking etc. So if I'm understanding you you're correctly, that, that person that with the, the more highly attuned um, communi- communication skills potentially will perform better, do better than the other person who may be technically more capable than them, but the communication skills will win the day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I would particularly comment on that the, in terms of the gap between those two candidates at the executive level. So if you're starting an entry level job, sure if your communication skills aren't perfect it doesn't really matter because you're tasked to do one deliverable and knock out that deliverable and then switch but once you get into a project management role and you really start to move up in a company i would argue that communication is not just the difference maker in an interview but it's also logical because a large part of your job as an executive is what we call executive eminence it's the way that you deliver a message so when you're a manager or somebody under manager And you're giving feedback, as an example, you leave people informed. But if you're an executive, it's also important for you to leave people inspired because the war for talent is really strong these days. So if you're not able to not only deliver feedback, but in a way where people go, wow, I can't believe I get to work with Paul every day, they'll never leave you. Right, yeah. So there's a lot of benefits there. And people who don't have eminence and are, aren't able to communicate in a way that gets people excited to work with them at the executive level, you won't be able to move up in a company, in my
0: opinion. And so for you, you know, to what extent has your communication skills impacted on your life? Can you give me like some examples of where it's really made a difference for you? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, the easiest place to start is definitely my personal life you know, with my mom, my sister, the people around me, communication has definitely benefited me in that way. And the reason is because when most people, when we communicate ideas, it's usually statement, statement, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And it becomes this yell fest really quickly. Whereas, you know, with my communication skills, I realized really fast that, hey, it's more important to ask questions. In the same way you're asking me questions, it's more important to get people's perspective. Why does my mom believe that about life? Why does my sister believe that about life? Once I'm able to understand that perspective, it also helps me build a better rapport, build better trust, and so I can live life happier and more fulfilled. That's one piece. The second piece is definitely the business side because I'm a great speaker, you know, I guess in the context of what I do, I should be, or else, <laughs> or else I probably shouldn't be a communication coach, <laughs> yeah. right? But but it's also in the context of, of business as well. When I run free trainings to, as a lead generation tool, when I'm presenting videos on YouTube, when I'm Showing up on a podcast or and more importantly at the, at the end of a, of a sales process, when I'm on a call with a potential client and I'm walking them through what we do in our process, if I'm not able to answer their questions and I don't sound confident, I don't have that certainty in what we have, what we offer, and the results that we bring, I won't make much money, and I probably have to go back to corporate right so that's that's, <laughs> that's the second benefit I see and and then probably the third one outside of personal life and business is really just leisure. You know, I think when you're a great communicator, it also allows you to meet new people, to engage in new ways and allows you to get out of your comfort zone and try new exciting things that you wouldn't otherwise without the right communication skills.
0: So do you think that having strong communication skills that that's a key um benefits that enables you to be better in terms of sales? Because you're talking before about, you know, when you're working with people, talking to people about potentially um, agreeing on, on a contract for whatever that may be. Do you think that because you have have attuned your communication skills, that that better enables you to communicate and to negotiate and ultimately to sell to clients, potential clients? Absolutely.
1: And I can demonstrate that right now. So let's say Paul was trying to look for a communication coach and he's going through two vendors. Both vendors are just as good at delivering the service as the other. And this is how both of the vendors interact in the call. So let's go to vendor number one. So vendor number one sounds something like this. Hi, Paul. Um, Hope you're doing well. Um, So, yeah, let's get started. And, yeah, let's get started. And if you have any questions, uh, let me know. So that's vendor one. Vendor two. Yeah. Hey, Paul, how's it going? I hope you're having a wonderful day. Would love to walk you through our process. But first, let me ask you a couple of questions. I'd love to hear more about what, why is communication coaching something you want to invest in? You know, you're clearly someone who's already really accomplished. So would love to hear more. So notice yeah. the energy is very different between those two people. And especially in my business, a lot of the decision making is very emotional. Right. That's just one example of many. We could also do the same thing in a job interview. Right. Candidate one. Hi, my name is Brendan and blah, blah, blah. Candidate two. Hi, my name is Brendan Kumar. So if there's anything that you take away from this interview is I help others achieve rocket ship level success. It's just the energy and how we show up makes all of the difference in the world and helps you stand out and win the deal or get the job that you want.
0: But, you know, in the examples that you just gave me, it, it was relatively subtle, though. Like, you weren't over the top with it. Your tonality changed, but it was... At what I'd describe as a sincere level because what you see with some people is they will be over exuberant, you know, and, and it just becomes a bit much and they actually have the detrimental, detrimental impact. You know, you sort of go, Oh, that's not sincere. That's not right. But what you did was you kept it at a level, which to me sounded sincere and also too, you're asking questions.
1: Absolutely. I, I would say the big two differences and great, great, uh, point out there, great observation. The difference is really mirroring in energy because what sounds sincere to one person doesn't sound sincere to another. And that's really the nuance. To somebody wow. like you, Paul, you're a bit more introverted, a bit more shy. So I need to yeah. change my energy when I'm speaking to you when I sound like this, but that's not my natural state. My natural state is more like <laughs> this whenever I'm talking <laughs> to people. So if the, if the person on the other side, of the call is more extroverted like me I bring up my energy level so I right. adapt to you whereas right. most communicators aren't able to do
0: that so so I guess then based on that one of the skills that you've developed is to be able to very quickly assess who you're communicating with and therefore uh, communicate in a manner that would be consistent for the type of personality that you're you're talking to Absolutely this is a
1: term I refer to as in my programs and my videos as communication agility it's the ability for you to quickly shift based on each segment each idea each conversation discussion you're in so one example that i give is what is the difference between the ceo of a company and a vice president from a communication perspective well the ceo of a company in a day can go through all of these situations phone call with their five-year-old daughter how's your day sally to they're getting sued for $5 million <laughs> to, you know, they're opening a new theme park, let's say Sea of Disney in a different country, to their top executive just quit all of them. All those four situations can happen the exact same day for someone yeah. who's running a $100 million business. And what the CEO has to be able to do is not let the emotion of their previous situation start to overwhelm them in future situations that they're having right. in the same day at work.
0: And how how would you train someone to do that? Because that's quite a challenge. It's hard to to you know prevent an event permeating throughout the day and impacting on, on your state of mind and, and how you're you know projecting yourself. Absolutely,
1: I would say communication agility is a much harder topic to grasp. But I'll try and I'll try and give like kind of a nugget that's the easiest the thing to implement. So yeah. I would say for for communication agility, the key piece is predicting what are the five situations at work or in your life that are bound to happen and how can you react better emotionally? So what I do with, with individual, people can implement this right now as I'm talking, is write down five situations in your life where you feel the most stressed from a communication perspective. Is it right. when you guest on a podcast? Ooh, I wonder what Paul's going to ask me. <laughs> is it when you pitch a service to a company? Is it when you're doing one-on-one feedback meetings with people that you manage? For all of us, those situations are different and rank them in, in level of stress and then start with the most stressful one and go, why do I show up in that way? And start asking yourself questions. It's easier to do this with like friends and family. Coach, if you have the money, if not, just do it with like friends and family around you. Yeah. Go, why am I stressed on in this situation? Really start to break that down. That's the first step. The second step, is to ask yourself, what does a 10-time stressor environment look like? So, for example, if somebody comes up to me and says, oh, Brendan, I'm really stressed out when I give a presentation at work, my reply is always, okay, let's make you do a presentation and make it 10 times harder. So we're going to bullet you with questions. We're going to write a bunch of stuff, throw a bunch of curves along your way. So when you get to the actual meeting, you're going to laugh during the whole thing. So it's all about doing the more stressful things so that the actual situation becomes less challenging. And then the third piece of communication agility, keep it simple today, is to then reflect on the progress you've made. Oh, wow, last week when I started this exercise, I was really stressed with point number one. And now I'm just a little bit less stressed. So you see that progress, you reflect on that, and then you gain the momentum. Okay, let's go through situation two, situation three. And then the momentum starts building up really quickly. and your confidence also also starts to build up really quickly as well.
0: Right, right. You know, it's interesting when you're talking before. I've had a guest on who's an expert in negotiation, and one of the things that she talked about was to be successful at negotiation, that you need to understand the other person's position. That often what happens is that, you know, you have two parties come in, and they kind of at loggy heads, and one's trying to obviously get the better on the other one and so forth, whereas her approach is to actually sort of pull it all back and understand the other person's position, to talk to them, ask them questions, and by doing that, you know, in her opinion, you are able to achieve a better result for everybody. And I guess just listening to you, kind of that really resonated with me and what you're saying really too, you know, the importance of actually asking questions to understand other people's positions rather than meeting them with a confrontational type approach.
1: Completely agreed with you. I, I find questions are, are really the key to life because what questions allow us to do, similar to what your other guest mentioned, and, and he or she is absolutely right on that, is is the idea of the more questions you ask, the more information you have, and the more information you have, the better you can message back what you want back to them. right? So if you're on a sales call and all you're doing is talking about your products and services, that person will always lose to the other person individual who walks in and says, Paul, tell me more about you. What does what your business like? Where do you want to go? And then uses the exact answers you're delivering back at you.
0: Right. So for you, uh, what would you describe as the b- biggest mistakes that you see that people typically make with their communication, whether, whether it be in, um, in personal scenarios or in business scenarios?
1: yeah to keep things simple i would say the most common one is the ability to practice public speaking this is how most people practice paul they go through a presentation and they just ramble through the whole thing and then they ramble through the whole thing top to bottom and they just do that over and over again and then they're super stressed because like oh, every time i practice it takes me 30 minutes and then i my presentations tomorrow i only get to practice five times i can't make it i'm stressed and then they have a bad mindset whenever they jump in whereas a strategy i always like to recommend is what i call the puzzle method so public speaking is a lot like a jigsaw puzzle, Paul. You know those uh, puzzle pieces we used to do as kids? I used to put them yeah. together. So if yeah. I asked you, don't worry, it's not a trick question, super easy. If you were to work on a puzzle yourself with, you know, your family or yourself, which pieces would you start with first and why?
0: Well, everyone would normally start with the edges because it's the easiest to identify.
1: Absolutely, right? Because of those little edge pieces. So start yeah. with the edges first and go into the middle. But in public speaking, we tend to do the opposite. We tend to start with the middle first and then go towards the edges, which means we shove a bunch of content. We go to the presentation. It sounds something like this. You're like rambling through. You get to the last slide. You go, uh, yeah, so thanks. Not the right way to practice. <laughs> practice like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Practice your introduction 50 times. Not two times, not three times. Do it 50 times. 50 seems like a big number. Really is because uh, your intro is like, what, two minutes, one minute? Won't take you that long. Same thing with the conclusion. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie, right? 50 times the conclusion. And after only one or two hours of practice, you'll have the momentum you need to say, wow, this is the best introduction and conclusion I ever gave in my life. Now let me tackle the middle.
0: Right. And for you, do you ever or can you remember ever getting nervous doing presentations? How long ago was that when you felt that? Or do you still
1: feel it? Oh yeah, of course, Paul. I, I think anyone who says that they don't have any fear at all, communication, is either lying or probably psychopathic. Maybe who knows? <laughs> I don't even know if that's the right word in English. But the, the reason yeah. here's the reason why I say that. Like I struggled with communication my whole life. Like when I was in uh, five, when I was five or six years old, I grew up in a city called Montreal, and in Montreal, you need to know how to speak French. It's one of the languages you need to learn to do business yeah. here to get a job. So my parents, of course, made the right decision to send me to French education system to study in French. But at the time, when I was six years old, five years old, I didn't like the sound of that because I didn't know the language. So my whole life, not only did I struggle with communication, I had to present in a language I didn't even know. So I'd walk up and say, "Uh, bonjour. That was my (laughs) life. I sucked at communication. Yes. So yeah, we we all we all start somewhere, and I was definitely not the exception <laughs> to the rule. I, I was really bad at communication, of course. When I started Mass Truck a few years ago, just so people have the context, you know, I started coaching C Suite when I was 22 years old, and of course, tw- like that sounds impressive, but it was really scary because some people I would coach, my oldest client today is 57. I was coaching people, and I still do. That have worked in their companies or have their ran their businesses longer than I was alive. Right. So I had a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of nerves. And I still yeah. do, just a lot lower than I used to. And the advice that I always share on this is the goal is not to remove the nerves. Think of it like a boxing match. So, on one side of the ring, you have your fear, your nerves, your anxiety, your stress around communication. And the other side of the ring is your message. So the goal is not to remove the fear. The goal is to make sure that your message gets the knockout punch every single time. So even if my fear was quite high, even when I started my YouTube channel, I was like, I don't have a PhD, who am I to talk about this? But the message of helping 15 year olds, 13 year olds, girls and boys who couldn't afford communication coaches, obviously, because they're 13, 15 years old, the message was so important that I pressed record anyways. That's the magic. It's not about removing the fear. It's making sure that the message matters more than the fear. So you win every time.
0: That's it for part one of our interview with Brendan from Master Talk. Watch out for part two, where we learn about how he became a communications expert, the secret to dealing with imposter syndrome, tips to help you with your communication, and so much more. Don't forget to follow us, Insights into Success, on Instagram. And check out our website, www.iscentersuccess.com